Welcome back to The Hash, the world's medical-grade cannabis podcast, now powered by Leafly.com. Use Leafly.com to order cannabis for dispensary pickup in select markets straight from your computer. I'm Max Savage-Levinson. Thanks for listening. Few people realize that the war on marijuana involves more than just arrests and jail time. Often, it breaks up families. Coming on the heels of Mother's Day, today's episode of The Hash looks at situations in which moms aren't free to use cannabis. Pregnant mothers often get tested for cannabis without their consent in the United States. Young mothers can lose their newborns to social workers or in divorce courts over safe use of cannabis. New York City's Administration for Children's Services, dubbed ACS, has come under fire for unnecessarily separating children from their parents at a rate that disproportionately affects underrepresented communities. Nearly 90% of these mothers are non-white and almost all are poor. Many of the justifications for removal are unrealistic, and some border on the absurd. Among those is marijuana use. I caught up with WNYC public radio reporter Yasmin Khan. My name is Yasmin Khan, and I'm a reporter for WNYC. Who investigated the story to learn more about the circumstances that allow this tragedy to happen and to hear from one woman whose life, as well as her child's, has been damaged by it. Yasmin quickly discovered that some people don't even want to contact ACS when the agency's services are needed. I had heard about this culture at ACS and even from like high school students who said they didn't want to talk to their counselors about stuff because it might tip off an ACS investigation or parents who kept their kids home from school. They fell at the playground and got a bruise and they would rather keep their kid home than send them to school because they were afraid they would get ACS called on them. Typically, an ACS case needs to go to court before a child can be separated from their family. But if it's the weekend or the court is closed, ACS can implement an emergency removal if the child is deemed to be at imminent risk of harm, a situation which doesn't give parents time to find legal representation. But, as Yasmin explained, that notion of imminent risk has been used very loosely. And it turned out it was happening almost half the time that the city was removing children. They were using its emergency powers. And this is a power, really, that's supposed to be used, you know, as an exception. Some emergency removals occur on the grounds of marijuana quote-unquote misuse, even though ACS's own rules say that a positive drug test is not sufficient justification for removal. The American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists ruled in 2015 that cannabis effects are not more serious than alcohol or tobacco two substances which are legal for a pregnant woman to have in her bloodstream. The substance misuse has to lead to neglect, essentially. But that is not how it happens in practice. During a city council meeting this spring, Yasmin was struck by a disconnect between ACS's claims and the stories described by mothers and public defenders alike. There is such a disconnect between what the stated policy was and then what people were saying happened in practice. They were saying their policy over and over again was we never report just because of a positive toxicology test. We never report just because of a positive marijuana test. But in practice, when you heard from a couple of mothers, from public defenders, you just heard a completely different story. Yasmin told me about a mother she called Cynthia. That's not her real name. She's in the midst of a pending court case. Before she knew she was pregnant, Cynthia had consumed cannabis both recreationally and to combat a medical condition that caused her significant pain. When she had her baby, Cynthia should have been offered the opportunity to consent to a toxicology test. 
but she claims she was never asked. But there's no, by the way, written policy on that that's provided to the mother, and there is no nothing in writing that the doctor has to get. It's just a verbal conversation, and that's something that's noted in the medical record. So Cynthia was tested for marijuana, and she tested positive at delivery. Here's Cynthia. This tape comes from Yasmin's story on WNYC. And she was like, oh, your urine came back positive for marijuana. I was like, how? Like, I stopped smoking so long ago. Then they gave her one-day-old baby a urine test, and it came back negative for marijuana. Two weeks later, however, a stool test came back positive. Even though Cynthia's baby was doing fine, the pediatrician said he had to report her to ACS. Cynthia, it should be noted, had a previous case of neglect stemming from alcohol use. It's possible that factored into the doctor's decision. You know, we're not clear why he felt that, um, why he believed that, um, because it's not the stated policy of Health and Hospitals Corporation to report solely based on a toxicology test. But he did. And about a day and a half later, an, an ACS worker came to to the door where, you know, to actually the ACS worker came to the shelter where Cynthia and her baby and the baby's father were staying. Court was closed. It was a Friday night. And this woman, the child protective worker, consulted with her supervisor. You know, ACS always says they know, no one, it's not one person making this decision, but essentially based on this one positive marijuana test, they decided to remove Cynthia's newborn daughter. They said that, that the, the baby could not remain in the care of her mother. I was, like, really scared. I was amazed that they can even do that. Sometimes ACS takes a child away from their home. Sometimes they force the parents to leave. So in this case, it was the parent. It was Cynthia who left and left her two-week-old daughter with um, the, the baby's father, who worked, by the way, six days a week and had really not been alone with the baby. Um... And so the way Cynthia tells it, she was in a panic trying to, to, you know, explain feedings to the baby's dad and, you know, make sure that he knew where everything was and um, knew the schedule. And, and, you know, Cynthia's there trying to pre-fill some of the bottles, so all he had to do was add water and, um, and do the feedings. And Cynthia left the shelter. At, at that point, it was about midnight. She didn't have anywhere to go, so she just rode the subway all night. Then every time I would call him, like, you hear the baby screaming and screaming. And, like, he doesn't really know what to do. So it was just, like, horrible. Beyond the emotional trauma of separation, parents whose children are removed on the grounds of cannabis use are presented with more obstacles, like drug treatment programs. Parents often are ordered to do these programs in are ordered to keep attending these drug treatment programs, even when they continually test negative for the drug. Yasmin compared the excessive supervision to pregnant mothers to stop-and-frisk police tactics. In the criminal justice world and in policing, I mean, poor communities of color are just under more surveillance than whiter, wealthier communities in this city. Like with stop and frisk, it's not necessarily where police are putting their hands in their pockets and pulling out contraband or something. It's basically child welfare workers searching pregnant women's bodies and taking their children. 
instead of trying to help the parents, they always trying to like police them and nitpick with them. And it's like they want to play God. Cynthia went to court shortly after being separated from her child. A judge ruled ACS's emergency removal was illegitimate and Cynthia was reunited with her baby. Although other major U.S. cities have higher rates of child separation than New York, Yasmin explained that the racial disparities here are unique. I asked her whether she thinks progress will be made as New York slowly moves towards cannabis legalization and reform. I don't know how much it's going to matter if pot's legal. Like, there has to be a whole other sort of shift in the way that we approach child welfare. They are quick to characterize any drug use as misuse. So even if it's legal, I mean, alcohol is legal and, you know, people have cases against them because of alcohol misuse. And in situations, there are certain situations where they should, obviously. The systems that we have set up to supposedly protect children, they're, it's really, they're systems that are harming families and tearing families apart. And now we've decided that marijuana use is not such a big deal when it's just marijuana use, but we're still using that as a way to break up families, supervise families, um, to basically just not give families the benefit of the doubt about their parenting choices. And that's just something that we have to think about and examine. That was WNYC's Yasmin Khan, whose recent story on child separation has shed light on a horrible practice that needs reform now. For more stories on the way cannabis affects communities across the country, head on over to leafly.com. For The Hash, I'm Max Savage-Levinson. Thanks for listening.